0: I guess let's just just do this. Let's do the podcast. All right.
1: All right. Wait, wait, wait. Before we begin. Okay. I told you there was a surprise.
0: You did. You did tell me that was a surprise. And I have a
1: surprise because, as you know, Robert Shaw makes an appearance in this movie. He does. And really, really, when I think of Robert Shaw, I don't think of this or any other fucking thing he's done. I think of Jaws (laughs) and I think of Quinn. (laughs) Yes. And so I have composed a short song. In the manner yes! of Quinn, related to James Bond.
0: Oh, this is beautiful. This is the best thing.
1: Farewell and adieu to you, James Bond's ladies. Farewell and adieu, you ladies of James. Four M's given orders to stop being a pussy. We're sorry, masculinity still toxic today.
0: Thank, Thank you, you dear. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Quint. <laughs>
1: now that's a fucking intro.
0: and welcome to never say podcast again episode two Uh, i am jackson i'm joined by dia hello hi hi how are you doing i'm doing great
1: yeah that's good you know why why are you doing great because i'm not drinking one of bond's (laughs) pussy weird martinis this time yes because you will note I don't think he drank a martini. He certainly didn't order one in this movie that I remember.
0: He did, not. He did um, not. But
1: he did have a glass of white wine. So I, in the true spirit of, I guess, now James Bond, but also the wine aunt, have poured myself a large glass of white wine and, like, seven ice cubes in a red wine goblet. So
0: hell yes,
1: I'm doing great, baby. Let's fucking talk some James Bond.
0: Let's do it. Let's do it. This time we are talking about From Russia With Love, the second James Bond movie released in 1963, uh, directed by Terence Young. Uh, screenplay by Richard uh, Maybaum. Wikipedia says uncredited Berkeley Mather, uh, based on the book From Russia With Love. You know They're all based on books at the start. Uh, I think they start to diverge before they drop the books. I think there's a part where they've got the book names, but none of the plots. But uh, we'll find out how true that is, I suppose, as we go. Um, I'm very excited for this because I had a great time last time. People seem to enjoy the podcast. We got some good responses. Thank you very much, everybody.
1: Thank you. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um,
0: and I guess I guess I got into. it. I have a short summary from Rush with Love. Last time we didn't write down a summary, uh, but I, I thought, you know, I thought, listen, back was like, you know, we could do with the summary. I'm gonna. If you haven't seen Rush with Love, uh, here's how it happens. This is a very short, uh, very short bit to read out here that goes through the plot. So it begins. Um, it begins with a man who, we don't know his name, but he's called Grant, training in a uh, mansion that's specter home, and you find out that it's training because it starts out with Bond infiltrating this place, uh, and Grant takes, like, two minutes to assassinate him, <laughs> and they're like, yeah, yeah, we're getting really good at killing these James Bonds, and pulls off the mask and reveals it was not actually Sean Connery, they've just been killing random guys <laughs> uh, in their plot for revenge. Uh, then there's a title sequence and we cut to a man who's really good at chess who gets like a notification that it's time to go uh leave this chess tournament because something's happened um and uh, this is number five of specter uh who has a plan to get revenge for bond and to steal what is known as a lector cryptography device uh his plan is pretty ridiculous uh and blofeld who is now appearing stroking his cat no face obviously for now uh, puts number three, who is kleb in charge of the uh, putting the plan to action. Uh Kleb is a former Soviet uh official who was very high ranking and her defection has been kept secret. Uh so she uses her defection to go back or uses the defection being kept secret to go back, uh and to order a woman named uh, Tatiana Romanova, uh who is like a a cryptography clerk, basically in the Soviet intelligence agency, but not a high ranking so Uh, She orders him to take on this new mission, uh, uh, orders her to take on this new mission, and that new mission is to a photo of James Bond and do everything that he says, basically because uh, they're going to play they're gonna play them off each other. What ends up happening is the Russians send obvious bait to, to M next, which is a picture of Tatiana Romanova, and she's like, I've fallen in love with James Bond because I read his file. Please send James Bond to get me. I will just give you this cryptography device. And they're like, well, this is clearly a trap. Uh, well, let's go just investigate it anyway. Maybe we can somehow get the cryptography device, because uh, they're British, and that's how intelligence operates. Uh, this begins a big section of the movie which I'm going to compress a lot here but the main plot points are that uh, he uh, Bond goes to Istanbul uh, he meets the like uh, MI6 station chief uh, who is called uh, Ali Bey, who's a very good character um and he's like trying to investigate where Romanov is, trying to find the floor plans uh, for the place where the uh, Lecter is is kept. But he's being tailed the whole time by Grant, uh, who starts off like so. one gets there, uh, and he's driven to the he's driven to the to the MI6 station. But they're tailed by the Soviets, uh, who are Bulgarians in this case. He's tailed by the Bulgarians, and they're like, ah, it's just how it is. We just tail each other back and forth. It's fine. It's the Cold War. We know what's up uh but grant then assassinate to their tail making it look like a british hit uh so the bulgarians respond with a limpet mine that almost takes out karimbe um they have to hide out at a romani camp uh where there's a huge fight as the bulgarians respond we'll get into the specifics of that later that's the only thing relevant to the broad plot though but it is about 20 minutes of the movie and then after they survive that with a little help from grant uh they head to like the bulgarian leader's hideout and just snipe him <laughs> Uh, so uh, at this point Bond finally meets up with Romanova Uh, they hook up he's suspicious but he allows uh, he allows her to hook up with him while trying to get information about the lector Spectre secretly uh, filmed them fucking in the bridal suite (laughs) Um, which Bond moved to earlier because he was suspicious of cameras in the other uh, other suite Uh, but they knew he would do that (laughs) Uh, so they played him there. Uh, Romanova gets him uh, gets him the floor plans uh, with, and Grant helps by killing the Soviet spy who's also sent to get the floor plans and Bond does not know what's going on here. Uh, after they get they get the lector, they head on directly onto the Orient Express and head out. Uh, but a Bulgarian spy follows them onto the train. Uh, Karimbe helpfully subdues him and is like, I'm going to keep watch with this guy so we don't have any, so nothing goes wrong and we'll get you to the border and then we'll, we'll my, my sons are going to pick you up and they'll be fine uh bond comes back later both of them are dead uh because obviously grant has done it he's been telling them the whole time uh and he calls for mi6 assistance uh instead of actual mi6 assistance who arrives is grant going like "Ah, oh, hello old boy i'm here from the mi6 uh and there's a very long very good sequence of them kind of like toying with each other trying to figure out who's on to who uh that emerges with bond being victorious because of uh because of the gadgets he got from q earlier. Um that's that's how that goes again. Uh <laughs> condensing a lot. Uh Bond and Romanova head off on Grant's escape route, uh, but av- avoid like a Spectre Patrol, and then have to fight off a Spectre helicopter, There's loads of loads of explosions, and eventually they make it to Venice, uh, where unhappy with the plan going wrong and the MI6 actually acquiring the Lector, uh, Cleb attacks herself. Um and Uh, poses a maid and has James Bond at gunpoint, but then Romanova turns around and shoots Cleb and is like, haha, maybe I do love James Bond. And they uh, take a boat into the sunset. James Bond will return.
1: And he throws away the sex tape.
0: Yeah, he throws away the sex tape. (laughs) That's the last thing that happens. Uh, Jackson, I love this movie. This movie's amazing! This movie's so good!
1: So I realise something. And I'm just going to float this so we can get the Kojima yes. talk out of the way. Early. Okay. There's, like, lines of dialogue in this that I swear to God are just straight up Kojima dialogue.
0: Uh, which
1: and lines? Like, God, there's literally one word It's like, this Cold War is going to get hot. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, okay, okay.
0: Kind of, not unlike a hot cold man. Yes.
1: Um. <laughs> But, like, I realized that, because this is a fairly kind of, you know, involved, plot point-wise movie. And I realized that what Kojima has done with Mm -hmm. his whole career, really, is just take chunks of Bond movies and cut them up and put them together in such a way that white gamer dudes go, oh, it's art. Um,
0: It's uh this is better than any Kojima game. I love I it love *Metal Solid* two and because three because it's coherent. God damn, That's the thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the 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 scene in this movie uh, where um, Bond and Grant like kind of like play off each other for a while, and it's a, so I, I went into the broad strokes of it, but the scene plays out as Bond comes in, uh, he calls for help. Grant arrives, and he's like, "Hello, old boy, I'm here. I'm here to assist you." And uh, Romanova's like posing as as his couple. Uh, and then like like, grant drugs roman over at dinner but Bond was late to dinner uh and then he's like i drugged her because he's easier to get off unconscious and i didn't want to i didn't want to fight you know it's standard procedure uh and then uh eventually gets bond at gunpoint um which (laughs) uh leads to a a very good reversal as everyone in the audience knows that q earlier in the movie gives bond uh, a suitcase with like a smoke bomb that has to be disarmed in a way that you wouldn't think
1: it's tear gas which makes this scene really funny
0: (laughs) because they're just crying beating each other out well because it doesn't seem to affect bond at all even (laughs) though
1: he's clearly just like right there in the thick of the smoke with grant
0: uh it absolutely plays like it's um a smoke bomb in the in this moment Uh it is meant to be tear gas uh that scene's so good it's amazing it's easily the highlight of the movie
1: You may know the Uh. wines, but you're also the one on your
0: knees. (laughs) Uh uh huh.
1: I'm sorry, I can't. Like, that scene, I'm just like, at some point, we're gonna eventually have to talk about the homoeroticism in Bond and, like, masculinity (laughs) and their need to, like, beat each other up in order to, like, you know, have physical contact with another man. But um yeah, that scene's real gay.
0: It's very it's very good. Um this entire movie, Bond's like it's like premised on the idea of Bond's just uh un unmatched masculinity, right? Like um Romanova sends over this this uh this thing being like oh I fall in love with Bond just from his file and then she does actually fall in love with Bond over the course of the movie even though he doesn't like treat her anything other than awfully the entire time. Um Even after he like decks her. He decks her! He yeah. decks her. He is like actually bad in ways beyond the like in in ways that are like, oh yes, James Bond, everyone's favourite misogynist. Like even by those standards are like, man, a bit much, dude. Yeah. You he decked her. What are you doing?
1: And then the whole wake up or I've gotta leave you.
0: Right. God. <laughs> Uh, so all that's going on. There's also the sequence in the Romani camp where um, <laughs> th- 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 there's two there's two women uh, who are dispute. They both want to marry the same man. Obviously, uh, that means that the only the only way to solve this is by um, uh, a fight to the death and uh, to see who the survivor will marry the man. And I'm like, I don't think that's based on anything. But go off, <laughs> <laughs> go off, King. I said, Ian Fleming. Um, which just leads to a ridiculous catfight between the two. Uh, a and, wonderful like, catfight between the two. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, so you're a big fan of this scene.
1: I was, I loved this shit out of this scene. I was just like, this is the best catfight in cinema history. <laughs> I love these bitches. I love their nails. I love that they're gonna tie up their skirts and like reveal their high waist bot like panties before wrecking the shit out of each other and then the one bitch grabs a beer bottle to club her over the head and then all hell breaks loose yeah wonderful i was so into this
0: uh it's very cool (laughs) but it's all like so it it is ludicrous in this movie that's mostly pretty sedate and like actually good right um it doesn't have much bond uh like flourishes of nonsense Uh, it's just all injected into this one sequence.
1: Well, it's funny, because I thought this was going to be the turning point, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I get to here, and I'm like, okay, we're about the midpoint-ish, and this is a very bombastic scene. It ends in a climactic kind of gunfight. Okay, this is where shit is going to start. Like, like the first one is, like, this is where it's going to become Bond shit. And then it doesn't really until the very end.
0: Yeah, there's that one sequence with the with the helicopter, but and
1: the boat even, and then like that's yeah. it.
0: And those are very really incidental. Like the real climax of the movie happens on the train, and then there's the demon in in Venice. Um, but the actual like beats of the ending of the movie are kind of just quiet people holding each other at gunpoint. Uh, I don't. I feel like. Um, I feel like it's just very, very sedate and non, non bombastic, which makes this one ridiculous sequence of this catfight that culminates in like after, after actual men with guns run in and make this like an entire brawl, people dying left and right. Uh, after all that culminates with uh, these two girls going into Bond's tent and being like, "You decide what happens to them," implying Bond threesome. <laughs>
1: yeah. And Bond gets his, oh, I thought i already had enough problems.
0: <laughs> yeah, I hate it when uh, two two women ask me to choose who they marry through a threesome.
1: Now, the question is, do they both then drop their shit with the one Romani guy and just decide, like, no, now we're, like, obsessed with Bond deck?
0: Um, I mean, I think we have to canonically assume yes, because that's what happens... Uh, to Romanova with just as much justification for it. So we have to assume that Bond's dick just has magic powers. I think it's the only explanation.
1: Now see, if this was a Metal Gear, we would have an (laughs) in-depth, pseudo-scientific explanation for why Bond's dick has magic powers.
0: You know that uh, Naked Snake's dick has magic powers. What? Because he... (laughs) This is the stupidest sentence in the history of storytelling, uh, but it got abnormally big because he was irradiated at Bikini Atoll. <laughs> That's okay. a real plot point in Metal Gear. That's a real plot point in Metal Gear. How do I not remember that? Uh, you know what? You you say you make a point. I'm going to Google that and make sure I didn't just make that up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, I know Metal Gear is basically fan fiction, Jackson, but just because it's on AO3 doesn't make it canon.
0: Oh yeah, so he was definitely a test subject at Bikini Atoll. Um, well, I can't search. I can't search "Naked Snake Dick" because I just got a bunch. Of <laughs> mo- well, no, I just got a bunch of Moby Dick references. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god!
1: You know what? I'm just going to assume because that is some Kojima shit.
0: I can't find the specific. But I know. I know for a fact that there is definitely some. Kodak uh, Hole in three, where he's like, "Oh, that explains why my pants are too tight." And I'm like, "Oh, Naked Snake." Three is weird.
1: <laughs> weirdly, three is the best game, and it's the one I had the least familiarity with, <laughs> which is a shame. Uh, but
0: anyway,
1: but, so something I thought was really interesting that actually makes this movie way cooler. Yes. Um, I didn't realize it's Spectre wasn't an Ian Fleming invention. Oh, is it not? It's not, according to at least Wikipedia, which I'm going to kind of trust in this case. Mm-hmm. But um, Ian Fleming's novel was a Cold War thriller, but the producers replaced the Soviet undercover agency Smirsch with the crime syndicate Spectre so as to avoid controversial political overtones. Which, one, it's really funny that they were like, this is not... This is an a political movie. Um, but also... It makes the movie so much more interesting because then it's like yes. it's like wow, look, you have like you have somehow magically made by the introduction of this like you know third
0: party, the entire Cold War completely idiotic. Um, I agree. So I think Spectre works really well in this movie. I do want to say that Spectre is in the book, just like it was in Doctor oh. No and Thunderbolt. It just wasn't in. It
1: wasn't in this one.
0: It Wasn't in this one. Um, okay. But yeah, it came. It came later. Uh, in order to, in order to, <laughs> Spectre is not aligned to any nation or political ideology. Naked Snake voice <laughs> uh, is literally what the Wikipedia page says. <laughs> um... But yeah, so it, it was for that purpose, but it came from Fleming in the later books, and they backfed it into him. But I agree, I agree that the way Spectre like goes into this plot is incredible. I think that this like third party playing off these two uh, like spy services against each other is really cool.
1: Yeah, it's it's really especially like and like kind of following from Doctor No, where we have Doctor No who's just like I went to the east, I went to the west, and they said fuck you, so I said fine, I'm going to join Spectre. And it's, it really adds this kind of great critique of the Cold War and just the idiocy of it all.
0: Yeah, much like the best parts of Doctor No were all uh, just bond as a office cop going through like colonial offices this kind of does the same thing but in a mud in like a more specific cold war context right of they trail they trail the other guys the other guys trail them no one's really worried about anything uh, mm-hmm. it's only the fact that bond uh, and not even bond it's only the fact that specter begins like framing assassinations that anyone starts to act yeah uh, so I, I really like the just the mundanity uh and the way that this just the cold war is portrayed as kind of just two competing bureaucracies
1: yeah it's really really fascinating that um it ends up turning out that way in this movie
0: because mm-hmm. uh, I, re- I remembered liking this movie but i didn't like this is easily you know probably my favorite one that i've seen so far uh, you know, we'll see how revisiting the other ones go, but right now at the top.
1: Yeah, this is at the top uh, right now. Uh, it's really funny to me because um, watching this, I really didn't remember like anything. Like, I couldn't even tell you that I remember um, number one mm-hmm. and the cat beyond the fact that I'm like, well, do I remember this or is this become such a trope from Inspector Gadget to Austin Powers that like it's just well, of course this is, I have a memory, I have a memory of this. I'm like, I don't think I do. But I very distinctly remember the belly dancing sequence and the Romani camp.
0: Uh-huh. Well, that tells you about who you are. <laughs> well, I
1: think like, it's funny because like, it's one of those things where, like, I, I I think I actually watched this with my dad, <laughs> um, which is weird. Um, and, like, so, like, I had this memory of just kind of, like, the Romani camp sequence with the belly dancer. And I'm just like, okay, that's stuck in my head. But I didn't remember any of the rest of the movie.
0: You know what? Valid.
1: <laughs> but I really love... This is where we get... We, well, at least we really start getting the Bond tropes that we all yes. come to associate with Bond. Um, yes. Starting with the pre credit sequence.
0: Uh, it's a good pre credit sequence. Oh my god, Jackson.
1: They put off his face! Well, that's that's... I mean, that's, you know... God, like... It was so great, because at first I was kind of like, okay, oh, alright, Bond's doing some Bond shit, we're starting with the Bond shit. and then it's like, no, Bond is dead? No, it wasn't Bond at all. And, yeah. uh, it's just, fuck, it was so good. And then right into... The title a, sequence. Right into a woman with the credits being projected onto her body that then, like, gesticulate with her belly dancing movements.
0: It's so skeevy <laughs> these tiles are so much uh because like i don't know when it is that they settle into like the silhouettes um like bond uh you know uh the bond girls and the imagery of the girls in the title sequence has like a tone to it that has not been finalized yet as it's literally just quick get a projector and please put the names of the people in this film on her tits like that's literally what they do at a point <laughs>
1: Yeah um and and um we get two giant os yeah where her breasts are perfectly aligned with them and then they shake with them
0: They sure do it's it's ridiculous
1: I like the the one dude who gets like her you can see her belly undulating and the the credits the the credit the title credit like edits like, bo- like bounces with it and it's just like
0: It's so much. It it is a lot. I I'm, uh, I'm excited for the credits to get like for them to figure out how to do those because it's not it's not great. Um, uh, it's it's a lot.
1: No, I think I I definitely remember. I think the Golden Eye ones are my favorite.
0: Yeah, everyone likes the Golden Eye ones. Those are the ones with the like the all the communist iconography being torn down because
1: by by sexy models with sledgehammers. Yeah. 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 It's great. Oh.
0: Obviously, you know this is the future. This is the future anarchists one or whatever.
1: Me, me on Twitter. I'm a good communist. Me watching
0: Goldeneye.
1: <laughs> Fuck, this is hot.
0: <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, we also uh, get the introduction of Q, uh, who is like credited as Boothroyd, like who was the guy last time, but is played uh, by you know. Our, our favorite. Um, where's his name? I'm. i uh, I know his name, but I want to get it right. Llewellyn. Where is he? Doug Llewellyn. Douglas. Desmond Llewellyn. Desmond, Desmond Llewellyn. Llewellyn. I knew it was a D. Yes. And you're like, hey, he's already old. He's gonna do forty more years of this. <laughs> yeah. Like, wow. Uh, I like the gadget in this movie. I think it's a good gadget.
1: I was surprised by it because I wasn't expecting. Um... That, like, it's kind of mundane. Yes. Now, I don't, um, I don't know if you have an equivalent in the UK, but in DC, we have the Spy Museum. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's stupid.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: Um, it's actually, it's, it's, a, it's a wonderful museum. And weirdly enough, my mom, the Bond fan, um, she loves the Spy Museum. Like, it's her favorite thing. Like, I'm like, let's go see the red pandas at the National Museum, at the National Zoo. And she's like, fuck that. We're going to the Spy Museum. And I'm like, you've been here a dozen times. And she's like, you can see spy, You can see pandas on the internet. Which, fair. But,
0: <laughs>
1: but uh, so you, go to, you go to the Spy Museum, and they do have a whole section of, like, spycraft bullshit. And, like, it's not, like, you know, like... The ridiculous shit we end up with later in the Bond series. or it's like not an
0: invisible car.
1: No, it's not. There's no cars with fucking machine guns in them or anything like that. It is. It's like, here's a briefcase that you can put a canister of tear gas in. And when you open this, the briefcase, the tear gas will go off. Because you've hooked this latch just mechanically into the tear gas. And so... It's just very grounded, very real, very kind of almost bullshit sort of thi- It's a fucking briefcase that has a tear gas canister in it and a secret strip full of 50 gold sovereigns.
0: Yeah, I really like it because I like the part where... um, <laughs> Like, it's not a briefcase that dispenses tear gas when it goes off, like, opened wrong... Uh, when it's open the wrong way. It's a briefcase... That, it's a, it's not a regular briefcase, but it's a briefcase that you have to scrap antiques Cancer inside to. The part where it's two parts coming together uh, makes it so much more like... Um, what's the word? Just uh, ridiculous and like you say mundane i think if it was just a special briefcase it wouldn't be as cool as all right then you basically use a super velcro to put the brief to put the tear gas canister at the top of the briefcase so it won't fall off
1: right and ultimately ultimately the suitcase's purpose is to hold an armalite sniper rifle right like like it's like this is really a gun case that looks like a briefcase that you could put a tear gas canister and also there's some gold coins in it
0: and all of these things will become very useful to the plot. <laughs> Which I, I Jackson,
1: how do you move gold sovereigns?
0: I don't actually know.
1: <laughs> because Grant at one point gets very he's like he's like, okay, yeah, give me the fifty gold coins. And I'm like, dude, QVC.
0: <laughs> it's uh it's what he, he sure gets um greedy with those gold sovereigns he He, had he had he had him in the bag
1: he does and his gold sovereign his his greed is is what his is undoing and i really have to ask what kind of employer specter is at this point? right because you know if if i was an independent spy terror agency whatever the fuck i would make sure that my you know you know my employees, you know, had medical and dental at the very least, you know? At the very like, least. I'm not sure what, you know, maybe he needs those gold sovereigns because really he hasn't been to like, a you know, a dentist and he's just concerned about his teeth or, you know, maybe he needs to buy insulin or something. I, I don't <laughs> know. Like, but it seemed very weird to me to have this this, you know condition this like you know m- emotionally conditioned uh homicidal paranoiac suddenly become completely you know defeated by gold coins
0: yep you just needed those gold coins uh, I because i really like a scene because it like it it's echoed in a lot of other i mean it's a scene that's basically you know it's quite a tarantino's entire career it's loads of people have been rewriting it for the history right uh, it's a very influential scene uh But I specifically, from that point, like I, you know, going back to the Kojima stuff, and even thinking about uh, thinking about like the First Born movie specifically, which I really like a lot, um, and the scene uh, with Clive Owen in the um, in the field, which is also, you know, like the line of all basically like an entire genre of spy fiction is about what happens when two soldiers have to fight each other, uh, and neither of them like are important, right, like. Uh, specter care about uh grant the amount that mi6 care about bond and bond isn't the series that does that kind of critique but you can see how like you look at the scene and you see all the people that have copied the scene and put that into it and you see why it fits so well mm-hmm. um because that's that's the thing that like you know i always uh it's present in a lot of um Present in a lot of uh, spy media that I, I latch on to and it's interesting to see how it's it's not really here. I don't think I would say that from Rust with Love is critiquing any of these like uh, it's not it's not really doing the like these are the soldiers that are thrown out to dry thing. No. Um,
1: but it does it definitely like I, I feel like I have a hard time thinking of other sequences that predate it mm-hmm. that really feel as influential in I mean turning this into a trope, really.
0: Right. It's it's the trope of like the two the two completely equal uh, but opposite spies, right? Like everything about that entire sequence with uh, Grant and Bond. Like there's that amazing shot uh of uh Bond walking down the platform while Grant's in the window. Yes. Uh and all the stuff with him tailing him, the entire movie just builds up this sense uh of, of these two as uh mythic figures. Mm-hmm. Um, which is again the thing that just infinite spy works have ripped off th- through eternity <laughs> <laughs> right uh, and it's very good
1: but now now jackson i i have yes. to ask because um one of the first things that like after the the credits that you see in this is uh the chess game with <gasps> yeah
0: the chess game <laughs>
1: with um
0: number five hornstein What the god what's his name
1: i can't remember <laughs> Uh, oh, number crumb five scene is what it says yeah number, number five is um, and yeah, i don't remember who he's playing someone but um i was every time like watching these movies like czechoslovakia just like appears just in writing or just is mentioned um like later we go to yugoslavia and it's really funny to me to think now i'm like oh those don't exist anymore
0: yeah, no, the Cold War's
1: gone. Yeah, and I have to ask, Jackson, were you alive when there was a Czechoslovakia or a Yugoslavia?
0: I don't believe... I was born in 1993, so I was born a couple of years after the Berlin Wall fell. Okay, so uh, you were so, born...
1: Okay, Yugoslavia broke I don't know up in the exact 1990, date. if I remember correctly. Um,
0: 1992... April 1992, so ah. beat me by a year. Yeah. Um... Uh, Czech Czechoslovakia. How do I spell that?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Czechoslovakia was 1993,
0: if I remember. Oh, I'll edit this out. Uh, Czechoslovakia. Here we go. January 1993. Okay. Yeah, uh, I am. I am uh, younger than che- uh, than the Czech Republic, I suppose. Fancy um, that. Older than all the. I was not not. I did not share a planet with these countries. <laughs>
1: So it's 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 really funny because I I remember I very vividly remember like having to talk about this in school and what it meant mm-hmm. and and ultimately of course like you know it was the the, the triumph of capitalism um, <laughs> at least in, <laughs> that went well. in in my schools um,
0: everyone I, was like hooray history's over good but job yeah, so <laughs>
1: it, it really cracks me up just like he's like, Czechoslovakia and i was like yeah bitches <laughs> that's not that doesn't exist anymore. Um, but we do get rats, which we do get rats. were a part of the downfall of Constantinople.
0: That's true. Oh, one thing I do want to say is uh, how ridiculous uh, the Ali Karim Bay is.
1: Oh God, I more like Ali Karim Bay.
0: <laughs> That's right, King GM King. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I really, I really
1: it's... love our our. our... Whatever is it? Is
0: it our introduction to him? Which which scene?
1: Where the his his mistress, his
0: that's the that's the scene where he's almost blown up.
1: Yeah, the scene where he's almost his 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 like gorgeous brunette mistress in her like beautiful peach satin sheath dress is like lounging on the chaise, and she's like, "Ali Karim Ali Karim come to me." And he's just like, bitch, I'm reading the newspaper. <laughs> <laughs> or he's reading a book, I think. or is he, uh, He's reading something. But he he is just like, he's like, I have no time for pussy right now. <laughs> I am Ali Karenbae. It just comes to me. I do not care.
0: He really is. Uh, uh, his, like, uh, rapport with Bond is really good. I think it works much better than, like, uh, Felix in the last movie. Yes. Who was meant to be like kind of a rival, um, because he was from the CIA and like it was meant to be tension there. But none of it really came through. They just kind of were work buddies who didn't really like each other. Uh, but um, Bond and Karen Bay are just best friends at a point. Like uh, he's like come down. <laughs> no, he's introduced with again. We were talking about how uh, Bond plays as like it makes. Uh, austin powers irrelevant right because there's this thing that parodies it but it's all it's already there you don't need to make the joke because bond walks in and then karen bay is like hello welcome uh did you enjoy talking to my son let me call my son to help you then everyone who works here is my son <laughs> and I'm like, this is ludicrous comedy well,
1: cause as we know he is a crusader for large families
0: he is a crusader for lunch. For- he keeps going on about his sons. It's one of the most ridiculous like plot points, but it like ends up having relevance because he's like, no, I'm- they're my sons. They're not gonna like rat me out. That's why. That's why everyone here is my son. Yeah. Uh, and then when he dies, there's that one bit with uh, his sons waiting in the car, and they are not happy about it.
1: <laughs> no. Yeah. I wasn't happy about it. Honestly, I was pissed.
0: Uh, yeah, no. Uh, press F for Ali Karim Bay, a real one, if there ever was one. Yeah, um, come down I, in my boat.
1: I love the sequence where the two of them are basically in the alleyway in the dark with the sniper yeah. rifle it's and, an amazing scene. and using each other's shoulder as as a stability support. <laughs> um, but they they have this they have they actually have like kind of this wonderful chemistry between the two yes. of them. Um, and they make jokes about um, God. Is it, is it is it Doris Day's mouth?
0: Well, yeah, because the uh, the window that the guy's climbing out of. Yeah, uh, I, I
1: know. it's is, the Bob Hope is this, the name I remember, but I can't remember who the woman was in the poster. But mm-hmm. but yeah, and the two of them are just kind of making these jokes about you know her mouth and how she should
0: have kept her mouth shut. Uh, yeah, and then they, like, snipe snipe this guy while Bond's letting him rest on his shoulder. Uh, it's very good. I think like, Karen Bay and, um, in a very different way, Grant are the only people that Bond has any, in both these movies, uh, has, like, actual real chemistry with. Right. Back uh, to the homoerotic,
1: cause... you know. Yeah, no. Well, we should say my... <laughs> Yeah. I guess we should. It's homoerotic with Grant, but with 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 Karen Bay, it's, it's
0: just homo romantic. It's, it's homo romantic, yeah. Um, uh.
1: But it, yeah, like there, I, I I love Ellie Karen Bay. The he's scene a, when they arrive at the Romani guy. camp, and he's just like, he's like, you know, two women are fighting over a man. I hope you're good at eating with your fingers. <laughs> and it's just yeah. kind of like,
0: what? Especially as they're like broing out watching the women fight, right? I go, hey. Yeah. Uh, because apparently a death fight is, uh, you know, a Romani just entertainment for the evening. But I like how th- this happens in a lot of films. Uh, but whenever like white writers have to portray basically any culture ever, uh, their only conception is Klingon, apparently. It's literally the only way that any. <laughs> Any cultures get portrayed as like, why why is why are they Klingons? Why are they doing a Klingon thing? What's going on here? It's really
1: it, it's so funny because I watching that scene with the catfight, I'm just like sitting there. All I remember was this scene from Star Trek with, with where Kirk has to do the fight to the death.
0: Right. And I'm like, why is this why is this that? Okay. Bond should have come out with that big like jangly thing and gone. Uh, yeah. it really was. <laughs> um, what are the other points we want to hit? Uh, I think I want to say that one of the one of my feelings coming out of this movie was I think uh the only thing wrong is the wrong one, but the only thing that kind of falls flat is the ending, in my opinion. Yeah, I think I think the movie is just calling out for her to shoot Bond. I think it's the only way for the movie to end. It needs like. The problem is, they made a really good spy movie. Then they have to give it a James Bond ending. They can't close it off in the way that the movie deserves, uh, in the you know, it was a '60s movie, but it deserves a '70s ending.
1: Yeah, it was it was it was really weird because, um, you know, um, I watched it twice, and then I watched it like earlier this morning, just before we started the podcast, and I got to like last ten to fifteen minutes, like once we got off the orient express um i was just kind of like i can just kind of tap through this and just kind of i kept kind of scrubbing through it to the end because that's when it becomes just like kind of bullshit like i mean
0: the the movie's over the second that they get off the train like there's nothing left to do
1: (laughs) yeah like we okay we go we get to like you know uh, number one's little office, and you know he has his henchman kick number five with his poison boot, and he—I love the comment. He's like, 12 seconds. We'll have to work on a faster-acting venom," <laughs> which, which is some cold shit. Like, but also kind of funny because it's like, you know. It's one of those lines, it's like, oh, he's so evil, he wants faster acting venom. But also, it's kind of like, well, no, because this is just like, you know, he doesn't want to sit there and look at this fucker die for 12 seconds. Like, that's, you know, he just kind of wants it over with. Like,
0: Spectre's about efficiency
1: and results. Exactly. Um, which I thought was really interesting. Um, because, like, you could tell, like, it's, it's played to sound more villainous, but really, it's kind of like, this is <laughs> capitalism. He doesn't have 12 seconds. Like, those 12 seconds, that's money.
0: That is money. he got to get that money, but they got to sell that lector. <laughs> I mean, can like, you imagine what his,
1: his Amazon ratio must be with, like, those 12 seconds, like, waiting for someone to die?
0: That's true. Especially because, like, their plan is revealed in this point is that uh, they're going to sell the lector back to the Soviets. Um because it's like, we've already got a, a Soviet buyer. We've already got a price agreed. We need to deliver the Lecter. If we can't deliver the lector, then we are meaningless. we got to get that thing back. Uh, so it wasn't like we're using this decoder for nefarious purposes. It was just we're selling it back to them. Yep. We're just playing them off with each other to give us money. Which I thought was
1: funny, because it wasn't, let's sell it to the Americans either. No. No. It was just like, we'll just give it back to them.
0: Yeah. We, we'll just get ours. We'll get ours. Yeah. We're back um so but yeah, yeah i I do, I do i do think that the the movie really does like would be better and is let down because it, it can't end with her um uh, her shooting bond instead of Romanov because her instead of Cleb because I, I the romance between those two falls com completely flat <laughs> like bond, bonds bonds uh, like abusive so he's abusive in the scenes where he's meant to be kind of shitty to her. But even in the scenes where he's meant to be like seductive and nice, he's just kind of a whiny baby. (laughs) Yeah. Um, There's nothing appealing about Bond as this masculine ideal. He's just he's just nothing.
1: (laughs) Oh, it's 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 really weird. It's like, um, like even like his his opening sequence where he's like she's in his waiting in his bed, Chania Romanama is waiting in his bed, and like he walks in and he's like all business <laughs> and she's like, my friends call me Tania. And he's like, my friends call me James Bond. And it's just like, wow, you're like, have you ever even like hired an escort before? Like what's <laughs> what's your deal, man? Um, and then like, of course, like the scene with the camera and he's like speaking to the fucking camera. He's like, no, shut, shut, sh- stop talking about me speaking to the fucking camera about the device what's wrong with you and she's like clearly kind of like uncomfortable with the whole situation
0: yep um because i think that the uh like the the best parts of that right are um bond is just a shitty spy who is just doing this for the mission um and i think that's the best way to read this stuff because like obviously bond if you if you buy into bond as like a figure you are going to say no he actually is that cool uh but i think it works better with no he's just a shitty guy trying to do this mission
1: no it, like, it um, was it was funny because i was i it reminded me because <laughs> we have to bring it back to kojima because we're both stuck in apparently Games Land. so
0: Apparently, um, <laughs> this is what it means. What it means to be in games criticism means you have to mention Kojima every <laughs> forty-five minutes, or you die.
1: <laughs> but I mean, we have direct parallels here, so fuck it. Um, yeah. It reminded me very much of Snake's early, like the in, in Metal Gear Solid one, his scenes yes. with Meryl. Mm-hmm. And it was really funny because even with those, there is a tenderness to Snake's treatment of Meryl that is very absent from Bond's treatment of Titania.
0: Mm, absolutely. I, I. I mean, I think that, like... If we get, it's going to go into this comparison bucket. Just do it, Jackson. That, uh, Come on, baby. <laughs> I'm doing it. I'm getting in there. Uh, the way that Metal Gear treats Snake uh, and his like sexuality and relationship with women is interesting because Snake's completely inert in all ways and has no idea how to relate to people um, and is like very clearly performing trying to be cool and masculine and flirt with girls but he doesn't understand it or really care uh like he only ever relates to meryl in terms of the mission but he does relate to her like he does care if she dies right he is he cares she died because he is there to protect her he sees it in these like black and white utilitarian terms but he does like have empathy as a person and tries to like live with that bond isn't like dispensing harsh wisdom. He's just being an asshole.
1: Yeah, like, I was, uh, I'm specifically thinking, like, of the scene where, like, you know, Snake first runs into Meryl, and she's in disguise. And he's just those like... a <laughs> Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, but, you know, Bond would just shoot.
0: Yeah, Bond just shoot in the face. Yeah. Or Deku, apparently. <laughs> Shit. Which he does. Uh, yeah. Uh... It, it it is interesting how that like because I was I was so like coming away from the ending thinking like like yeah it was you know, needed needed to be a bit bit darker um but Bond can ne- like Bond can never take that actual extra step and have everything blow up in his face it can't have like the girl be revealed to know I'm also a spy who cares about my country and I'm gonna shoot you in the face because uh, you know um we are the same and everything it has to have like Bond has to be the coolest at the end of the day yeah. And throw away the sex tape into the canals of Venice.
1: You think he made a copy before throwing it away?
0: Um, no, because let's be <laughs> real, he didn't do very well. <laughs> my favorite <laughs> it was a thing a good thing
1: is, showing. Like my favorite thing is, is that that means like Specter is at least you know probably seen his deck.
0: Oh, Spectre's, I mean, Dr. No's seen his deck. Oh yeah. Because he had, to, he had to, He went through the naked. Uh, no, because you
1: know. because we had the we had the the, the specifically placed barriers.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, but there were people around there. I'm saying that it is Spectre intelligence. They've seen Bun's dick. They know it's magic. It's powers. in his file.
1: <laughs> I love that. they like, I know all about you. I've read your file. Well, I hope I don't disapp- I hope I'm not disappointment. And it's just like, uh huh.
0: Your dicks in there, Bond. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> God. God. Uh, what more points do you want to I, hit?
1: I want to talk about Sylvia Trench and Money Penny.
0: Yeah, they come back. It's cool that Sylvia's back briefly.
1: Yeah. Um. So one thing that I thought was interesting is that the actress who plays Money Penny,
0: yes.
1: um was originally given the choice of both roles. Mm -hmm. And she did not want to play, uh, Lois Maxwell, she did not want to play Sylvia Trench because it was too racy.
0: That's interesting.
1: Which, shout out to Eunice Gason, who played Sylvia Trench, for just being that hoe. (laughs) We salute you, honey.
0: Uh, Yeah, no absolutely but uh I, I we actually
1: i i don't i i do not recall maybe it'll come up later when we watch through these but i don't recall bond's dalliances ever running into Penny or each other oh. really
0: yeah and the movie plays with that in a little ways right because she's overhearing this right as he's on the call and <laughs> um Sylvia's being like, "Please come back over here and fuck me. I'm bored. We want this picnic, and you're not even fucking me. What is wrong with you?" And Money like, "What? Uh, it sounds like your appointment's got some." <laughs> uh, and, you know. And he
1: um, he calls her he calls Sylvia an old case.
0: He does. That's what he says. Old case. That's the phrase. Yeah. And then there's but there's also that bit later on where he's like talking to the microphone, and it cuts back to MI6 where everyone's gathered round. Um, gathered around the um, the tape player, uh, and then Bond is like, "Well, it reminds me of back in the day when me and M were." And then Em's like, "Whoa, <laughs> we're ending this tape right now." <laughs> right. Uh, Money, Penny, please leave. But then she just leaves and turns on the oh, like the the audio from inside the room and listens it again. Mm. And then he talks to her, being like, "I know you're listening in, Money, Penny." <laughs> uh, it's very it's very silly.
1: It is, um, but I like that we get this this kind of added layer of depth to uh, both Money Penny and uh, Sylvia Trench. Um, yes, me too. Which uh, apparently Sylvia Trench is supposed to be a much more recurrent character, but they eventually just kind of. Well, phase it's only her. these two films. Yeah, I think she was supposed to do six films, and then these phase are out after this one. Which, uh, boo! I, I really, I at this point like, I really want to do a Twine game. I said this on Twitter. I want to do a Twine game. Where uh, Sylvia Trench and Mrs. Muddy Penny uh, go for a cocktail.
0: <laughs> That's a good time. And then
1: decide to be lesbians.
0: Oh well, yeah, no, obviously. Uh, do we have any any other points to, to mention? I I think this is a fantastic movie. I think if you somehow haven't seen it before listening to this podcast, you should still see it afterwards. Um, it's one of the best bomb movies uh like you know, re- revisiting these so this will change the rankings but I I'm, I'm confident this will stay near the top
1: yeah this was this was quite
0: good I'm going to check that e- we do actually have an email from someone oh we have an email Yes. Yeah, so uh it um uh this is just broad these are broader broad Broad James Bond questions, because uh, so these are, these are from from Tron, who sends these in regularly to repertory screenings, which we are always very thankful for. Uh, but uh, they only have broad questions as um uh, they don't have access to the Bond movies right now. Uh, but I will say, if you want to uh, email in your questions, then please do podcast adam dot com. Obviously, the next movie is Goldfinger. Uh, we'll do a question segment if we get any emails every time. If we don't, we won't do it. <laughs> let's have a look what do you think about espionage in the real world and what do you think about spies in the real world yeah, that's a whole two questions there um I mean I don't know much about it other than I think the cops are bad uh and I'm not gonna stand a real British agent of anything
1: yeah like g- what I gathered from the spy museum is that um spies are boring they're boring yes. cops
0: they are just boring cops.
1: Yeah. It's like, you know the scenes in, like, the X-Files where Mulder, like, he gets punished and he has to go and, like, sit in a fucking room and just listen to, like, you know, tape recordings all day? Like,
0: that's, that's really what spin-less. I gathered
1: from from the Spy Museum.
0: Especially, like now right and you look at the news stories that come out about intelligence agencies what have you it's people monitoring algorithms and then like logging like I remember the thing recently that leaked that was (laughs) the FBI posts on 4chan or whatever it was basically them trying to fit in uh, while being undercover and it was the most like these these are cops these are just cops (laughs) worst undercover cops I've ever seen in my life
1: yeah and like (sighs) I mean now it's just like a lot of it just like they're just nerds. They're just IT yep. nerds. Or or math nerds. Or but also like Math nerds who want to be not... cops.
0: Math nerds <laughs> you want math nerds do want to be cops. Oh man, they do. They sure do.
1: So do math um... rockers. <laughs>
0: uh, but yeah, it's it's interesting how like you know, again, brought up Metal Gear and Bond at uh, um born, sorry, not Bond, uh, in this podcast as like examples of the the spy and the soldier uh like done wrong by their nations and you know kind of being metaphors uh for just like the abuses of um you know shitty imperial states and i think that the fictions a good vector for it but if i knew a real person who was a spy they are just they're just part of that complicitly <laughs> like i'm not going to you know uh in Instinctively simplifies with that in real life. I just think it's a good, it's a good genre for storytelling. Um, what do we got? <laughs> uh, what do you think about Sean Connery's accent? Why do you people think his? Uh, why do you think people find his accent funny? It's because it's really funny. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't have anything deeper than that. It's just a very funny accent.
1: I, I mean, uh, ha- I know like a lot of Americans uh, find like the Scottish accent funny, but like Sean Connery's is. It's just so much funnier.
0: It sounds like he's drunk. I'm sorry. He, he, yeah, he sounds like he's like,
1: you know, he's kind of a, a grandpa that got into the whiskey all the time.
0: <laughs> uh, have you um, seen any clips from the From Rush With Love video game? No. So that's a, that was made in 2005. <laughs> uh, and it has the model of old Sean Connery, but the voice of 2005 Sean Connery. Uh, it is strange to hear that voice coming out of that face. They actually got Sean
1: Connery for it.
0: They got Sean Connery for it. He's still alive. You know, he is still alive. I do believe. Good for him. He might die during the course of this podcast. Oh God, Jackson! <laughs> what? He's 88 years old. Uh, but that's that's it. Thank you very much for listening to the podcast. Uh, we did another one. I hope you enjoy. People people seemed very positive on the first one. Um, sorry about the. Uh, noises in the background uh Dia's recording in a garage
1: <laughs> yes but you know yeah. i'm not seeing it on my that's good yeah and i'm not yeah. seeing your your
0: audio no it's... mine's mine's coming through we found out where my echo is coming from it's from a different place that won't be picked up anyway it's enough talking about podcast editing uh Dia, where can we find you on the internet
1: you can find me at uh twitter.com at dialacina d-i-a-l-a-c-i-n-a
0: yeah uh you can find me at headfalls off you can find the other podcasts i do at abnormalmapping.com there's a whole bunch of them there and you can support those podcasts at patreon.com slash abnormalmapping uh with a gundam podcast for only one dollar a month it's very good we have a special episode uh that should be out today i think i don't know the schedule of this podcast but it should be out today um Uh, either just come out or is about to come out uh, when you hear this. So, yeah. Thank you very much. We'll see you next time. James Bond will return and all that. Goodbye. Bye.
1: From Russia with love I fly to you Much wiser since my goodbye to you, I've traveled the world
0: to learn, I must return
1: from Russia with love. I've seen places, faces, and smiles. You'd say no to Russia. I flew, but there and then I suddenly knew.